Yeah, so I'm, I'm just glad to have somebody new in anyway because <clears throat> I've had to introduce, I think at least three people, I've had to introduce them like, hey, um, this is the first time you're hearing from them, but I mean, they've recorded and I've ruined it in some way. Oh, no, no. Like I just, I actually found Kobe's, uh, it's actually somehow got, it's in the, it's it's a long story. Carl and I will talk about it later because it's, it's, it's unsalvageable, but it's still oh, no, funny no. because I was completely in it. All right, folks, we have a great guest in the bunker this week for you, Eric Morrison. Uh, he's on the steering committee of Delaware United. He's in the vanguard of our movement. Most of you already probably know who he is. Uh, and as, uh, as, it, as it is a common theme around here to hold people accountable in different ways. I have my ways. Everybody has their own ways. Um, what really uh, got me interested in having you in. Hello, by the way. Thanks. Hello. Yes. Thank you for having me. I appreciate it. Of course. Um, now, you've written a couple things. Uh, a couple op-eds that have been in the paper in the last six months. Say. Yep. The <clears throat> the one you wrote in December mm-hmm. was was most interesting to me, and I took because I took notes. So I want I want to start the conversation this way because cool. I have a question for you. Okay. In December, so this was before the general assembly, before mm-hmm. uh, convened, right? The new the new general assembly. You laid out like a litany of progressive policies. It was almost just like a you know checklist, right? right. <laughs> Youth and training wage abolished. Mm-hmm. Prison tax uh, per, uh, tax reform. Mm-hmm. You call it morally reprehensible, which I appreciate. Yes, yes. I made, I made, it is. It really I made, is. It, it is. <laughs> I made a specific note of that and then put it in quotes because nice. he did say that I, I endorsed. The bunker endorses that in, in the strongest terms. <laughs> legalized, fully legalized marijuana. Uh, property tax reassessment. Yes. And... The an end of life things mm-hmm. uh, for in, in medical care. Mm-hmm. Now, the General Assembly is known for doing extremely little to nothing. Mm-hmm. How would you rate? Would, would you say there's been progress? As somebody who follows this, see, and I don't, and I've fully admitted many times, I don't follow it that closely. Like Steve Tanzer writes a lot about it, and I know him, so I read a little bit, and I read what's in the paper. Mm-hmm. But I know there's a lot of people who follow. It. Right. A little more closely. What's your assessment now? Um, four, five, four or five months after right. that, wh- where is where is all this in your mind? Well, I think one of the toughest things that we're seeing with some of the legislation is that we had such a huge turnover um, of legislators for this time. We have so many new faces. So first, a lot of them are kind of you know getting on their feet. A f- you know, a few of them are coming out swinging. A few of them, I think it's taking them a little more time. But you know, honestly, it's 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 a big new challenge to be in there. So one of the biggest challenges that I've heard about is you know some of the people, for example, with um, legalizing marijuana. Um, Helene Keeley and Margaret Rose Henry were two of the huge dri- They were the drivers behind that. So now trying to find new drivers to pick up that mantle and go with it. And it's not just that maybe some of the the new faces aren't for it. It's just that they kind of have their own um, big priorities. So they're not as focused on that. Um, So 
you know, unfortunately, too, I think a lot of times a lot of it comes down to the final push, you know, right before the legislature closes for the for the season. So I think that it will be interesting to watch and see what's hap- what happens with that. Um, I am one thing I am happy to see is um, a lot of that, you know, the entire package of criminal justice reform, um, which actually some of it has some bipartisan support. That's one thing I'm excited about. Um, I think the end of life options act, the last I heard is having trouble getting out of committee. Um, you know, so there are various things and, and it's just, you know, I, I really think the biggest issue this time is that we have just so many new faces and, and I think that's a little bit of a challenge. Well, I guess the first thing I'll say about that, because I, I thought about this just today because I read something today about just strategic, more strategic thinking. Mm-hmm. And I mean, you mentioned that some of the newer classes is coming out swinging. I mean, I don't see anybody coming out swinging, mm-hmm. or maybe your swinging is different than my swinging. Right. Like w- when when you said that, do you have an example in mind you can point to and say this person is uh, right. more is, is really trying to be more active than passive? That's right. my problem: is the passivity. What? what right. 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 Um, I, I mean, one person that, from what I've seen, um, and and like you, there's so much going on; it's so hard to follow everything. But Mimi Brown, I think, has really taken the forefront, for example, on some some criminal justice issues and some racial issues. I've been impressed that she's at least willing to, to speak out and to call out some things. And I think, you know, she's been very bold um, with some things. So she's one example that comes to mind. Um, some of the other new ones, again, I'm, I'm sure there's a learning curve there. So, um, you know, but I do I think that some of them could be doing a better job pushing more meaningful and more progressive legislation. Yes, I do. Yeah, I mean, I guess I look at and and because you that that was one of the litany of of things that that was there that you really spoke in strong terms about and called it morally reprehensible. And yeah, that's sixty the sixty k. I mean, Kowalko's been trying to do this, and it really is morally reprehensible. And I feel like there are there are. There were big wins that the Democratic Party had in Dover, mm-hmm. and I, I'm, I mean, yeah, and and nothing's happening. Like even if even if you're let's, let's say this, even if your niche um, ideas, like I just want to get my constituents some help on education, or you have these niche ideas, I I get that. But does it? What does it take to come mm-hmm. out and say, you know what? Also, I'm going to stand behind raising taxes for. On right. on wealthy people right. because it's a moral outrage. Right, you could do and two things at one time. Absolutely, and and two, you know, and it is morally outrageous. The other thing too that I always say, you know, it's it just makes sense. I mean, you have the I think it's six progressive tier brackets for everyone under sixty. It doesn't make sense that you stop at sixty. You know, if you and I don't know the exact in brackets off the top of my head, but let's say that you know somebody paying or making thirty five a year is paying more than somebody making twenty a year. So why shouldn't somebody making a hundred a year be paying more than somebody making sixty a year? It doesn't make sense. And and two, it would bring in a steady revenue for the state, not only because it's of course long term, but because even in economic um, times of economic downturn, people at the top of the income brackets tend to recover much more quickly. So you're going to have them to rely on in the future. So, you know, it's it's morally not okay, And it's also just would be so financially smart. The other thing is it's really out of line with other states. So but but to your point, you know, 
a lot of times, unfortunately, people with ideas that are so seemingly common sense are, are kind of branded as these crazy radicals. And, and that's a little amazing to me. I'm glad you put it that way because I, there are people that I'd like to radicalize because I think they're <laughs> open to it. Right. Some of them were just, some of them were in this particular class that you're talking about. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And really just, I understand that, you know, it's a small state that a lot of them won in, in grassroots efforts. Um, so there is a, a learning curve, so to speak, and mm -hmm. uh, just how to manage sort of things. Right, right. But again, I'm talking about deciding you're going to just take a stand on something. Yeah, absolutely. Like all you're spending, like you don't even have to really do anything other than come out one day and say, yep. you know what I would like to see? I, I just pick something. I'd like to see that the fees on these LLCs yes. go up. Uh, we should quadruple them. Right. People are still going to stash their money here because it's basically a criminal enterprise that we've made legal. But at least we'll be getting we'll, – we can make every school right. – We could we, if we did that, we could probably build schools that would be as good as Tower Hill for regular people. Right, right, right. But nobody stands up and just says, right. I'm, I'm for something big. Yeah. And when you do that, I feel like it's a little bit careerist, and I'm very suspicious of it. Mm -hmm. And and I'm glad you brought up Representative John Kowalko. You know, I, I, I talked to him, and I've campaigned – I've, you know – knocked doors for him and I've been in his home. He's such a great guy and he just is so dedicated to the people. Um, you know, another representative I like a lot, she said to me not long ago, she said, what we need are people running for the right reasons and people in the legislature for the right reasons. And I'll never forget that. That's stuck in my head. I'll never forget that. But, you know, Representative Kowalko is one of those who's, who is not afraid. You know, he will send out a blistering email about the governor, about anyone, you know, when they are not doing the right thing. But unfortunately... In our political system, in the state, not just the state, but in America, and especially, though, with the Delaware way, you know, when you speak out in a bold way, especially if you dare to criticize a lot of the powers that be, you get a target on your back. And, for example, you get pulled from your committees and they don't allow you on committees. And it's, you know, honestly, there, there are a lot of juvenile things that happen in Dover, and that's a shame. I, I completely understand. I mean, this is the thing, and I, I, I know John Kowalko a little bit. He was, like my, he was my neighbor when I lived in Newark. Oh, nice. I, mean, I, was able to, and I was able to vote for him one time before I had moved from Newark mm. back to Wilmington. It was at the, in that big wave that, that he won. So I voted for him right. one time. I was, nice. so, I was so happy when he won. Yes. Um, but and yes, they do do that. Those people are are petty, you know. We've been over it and over it. We know what they yeah, are. Yeah. But at some point, you have to say, yeah. Well, being on the committee, the history of the general assembly is getting nothing done. I, I think do we agree or very little? Well, I, I mean, they've done, and we've had this conversation right. here before. So I will say that I I didn't um, necessarily. I didn't shit on the the equal rights amendment. That's that's just the fact that it's more um, ceremonial. Yes, right. It, it's, it's still fine. I, I, right. You have we have time for ceremonial shit and important and, and everything. It's I have no issue with it. But so they 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 because everybody's doing the jewels the jewel vaping now. Now we got to raise this because that's that's the new thing. Everybody will do that. It does nothing. I, I think I, I, like, to your well, point. What are they doing? What I think to doing? your point, and, and I think it's a, a good clarification to make it. And, you know, what I see is they, they do absolutely do things and legislation gets passed and such, but they're not doing anything bold. That's what's. And I yeah. think that's kind of what you mean, too. Yeah, it has no. Look, 
and I'm trying to think of things that I will that will have some nominal impact, like raising the smoking age, because it's not good. You know, 18, 19 year old kids shouldn't be smoking. Mm. You know, it's not good for you. But but like there's there's things that would have a real impact, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and not only are they not getting done, people are too scared to even yes. say that we should do them. Yes, right. And I think that's what I I, I hope that not just me, but what I'm trying to do with everyone and be a part of is like you have a place to go like you, it, it used to be if the delaware way shunned you mm-hmm. and said you you were blackballed you know they had their ritual and you know ruth ann minter came out with a goat on her head and you were blackballed right you had nowhere to go you were done right <clears throat> i don't think that's the case anymore good point I mean, I hope. I'm I'm advocating for this. I mean, this is what this is sort of all about. Um, But I don't know, like, so what? What's getting done in the committees that Kowalko's not like? It's just a it's just a big stopping measure. Right. Right. So, and he's still getting elected. Right. Right. And that's and that's true. And 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 that's very true. And you know, the people. You know, I've knocked doors for him um, in during two seasons now. And, and most of his constituents love him and they know that he cares about them. And that's the main thing that comes across. I think it's just, you know, a couple of things, you know, recently at a, at a forum, um, Delaware United put on, um, you know, one of the um, a representative I like a lot. He said, he said, you know, the thing is, we first of all, a lot has changed in the last few years because of the progressive groups and and, and just groups in general popping up. There's lots of them in Delaware. And a lot of them are really getting active and putting voices and, and making the calls and doing the door knocking for these issues. And that's having actually a very strong impact. And I hope that keeps going. For example, it is helping, believe it or not, with the gun legislation and things like that. But the, the, the thing is, man, you know, People have got to get involved. You know, people can't elect someone and think that they're going to get in there with a magic wand and fix everything. They've got to write their legislatures, email them, get out there, organize, organize around an issue, start letter writing campaigns. You know, there's, you know, some of my friends kind of joke about, you know, there's so many, you know, progressive organizations and issue based organizations now in, in Delaware that it's kind of hard because, you know, it, it, it kind of pulls resources, but still those people are out there and that's so important and we need more of that. Yeah, we definitely need people to manage those resources because it, it, they can get, you know, sort of yeah. thin, too thin, spread out yeah. too thin. But yeah, that's the most important thing I think that I can impart. You just said it perfectly. It's not an election cycle thing. Like the representatives are one part of it and you need them to take stands and be right. bold and, and, and represent that where we're supposed to be represented politically. Right. But we also need to knock doors about issues. We also need to find other, the pressure has to come all everywhere. Yeah. Like you just not, it's, that's one thing mm-hmm. of it, mm-hmm. but it has to come from everywhere. Yeah. Well, and in another forum, you know, that, that, that we re, we put on for Delaware United a while back, um, you know, a couple of, um, of legislators were talking about the gun legislation and somebody said so much of this is so common sense why does it have so much trouble getting through and um i think it was representative uh bents he said it i think it was him but he whoever it was they said it's one thing it's that every time anything like this comes up 
the NRA jumps into action, mobilizes people in Delaware. They have incredibly strong organizational skills, and you've got people calling, writing, protesting, everything, and it makes an impact. So we've got to, you know, we have got to, as progressives, do that same organization. Yeah, people point that stuff out. And, you know, a lot what they do now in the current day and age is, is vile, repugnant, antisocial shit that right. just props up, you know, just props up people that have power, whips up a little group of people that, you know, they're either constitutionalists or think that they're going to fight a, you know, fight an army for us. <clears throat> but they whip those people up. They get them engaged, mm-hmm. and they make a case. Mm-hmm. We, it's I mentioned this with a, in a conversation maybe with Carl. We combat that with being neutral. Mm. We think that the answer to that good is point. nothing. That's a good like, point. Like so, this that's that's the problem. So we seized things like that, or that, and that the, the, the answer to that is actually to be neutral. That's mm. the best, actually. I I completely disagree. I right, think it's right. not the best. I think you answer that with your own arguments and you're just as r- radical or you're just as loud or you're just as organized as they are. Right. And I feel like the Delaware way is to fight that with neutrality. That's an And so you're always going to yeah. lose because you have no other position to fall exactly. back on. All you're, you're always playing defense, right. sort of. Right, right, right. So they're going to throw everything at it and just throw, you'll try to ban bomb stocks. So they finally said you got to lock up your gun. I love when they pass that thing about locking up your gun. When you see people online, like white, like white people, be like, "Well, now I could get in trouble if somebody broke into my house." Like to see like white people like think they're going to get in trouble about something. <laughs> like, come on, buddy, right. it's not, that's not going to happen. Stop it. It yeah. But it's, but it, but it, it, <clears throat> I guess that's sort of what I said. We we the 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 neutral position. Mm-hmm. At the end of the day, just make sure that the most radical people don't get maybe the most radical thing. Right. And that's it. Right. Exactly. Because you have no other way to go. Yeah. And so that's, I guess that's sort of what I'm trying to foment mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. that that sort of idea. And I think our political, you know, and, and social narrative in this, I mean, I, I don't think, I know. I mean, it has gone so far downhill and, you know, you can point a lot of fingers, you know, you can point fingers at, you know, television and social media and our you know, celebrity obsessed culture and all of that, but except Patreon.com. Exactly. Yes, Patreon.com. Yes, yes. <laughs> the Highlands bunker. Consider but, a patronage. Yes, this, yes, yes. This yes. equipment isn't fucking free. <laughs> I'm talking, you know, Facebook, all that kind of stuff. Yeah, you, that was, you know, I mean, yeah, this was, yes. this was my, I was trying to find a place to put the plug. plug it seemed plug, like a good yes. time. Love it. Love it. Um, but, um, but yeah, it's, you know, people don't want to stop and think even with, and I'm, I don't want to get into a lot of this and that's not what we're here to talk about. But right now what you see with, you know, the, the, I call it, and I don't mean this in a derogatory way, but the clown car of, of democratic presidential candidates, cause there's so many of them, but you know, we need to look at them and do valid criticisms. But when you try to say, here's this person's record over the last 20, 30, 40 years, A, B, C, D, E, F, G, and you list out lot, nobody wants to hear it. All anybody wants to do, we're following kind of a blind party loyalty and, and, and cult of personality, and they don't even want to look at the criticisms or consider them. And if you do criticize someone, then you're ostracized and you're an awful person. And, you know, we've got to get to, we, we have to think. We just have to think. I feel like, I, I mean, 
I don't know if you've listened to one episode of this, but you have the bunker mindset. Mm, that's ha- good to hear. You ha- I, I feel good. I feel I feel pretty confident to say that that you that you do. Yeah, I, th- that's the thing. There's there's a um, and again, if you want to trash Biden, I mean, Carl and I just did this. That was the last episode, and it was it was actually pretty fun. I wouldn't say, and I'm not. Yeah, and, and but here, my but my problem with Biden. It's funny because my problem with Biden is what you said is mm-hmm. okay. Here's his history: A, right. B, C, D, E, F, G. So from the beginning, he was this and this. He really only became this. Then he was part of this and that. And we've and I'm not going to just. It's gratuitous just to continue to name it over and over the, the horrible, horrible policies that he's not only supported but basically written or done himself. And so <clears throat> there's something going on that we need to that we need to break. Mm-hmm. And I, I, it's, it's a very tough nut. Yeah. And and honestly, if somebody, you know, I will respect anyone who comes out and says, I support Biden or I support Pete or I, whoever you support. And if you say, here are the reasons why they put through this legislation and this legislation, they took the stance. I said, because at least you're arguing from a, a point of critical thinking, some point of logic, but you don't see that. You see people just very reactionary and very they don't want to talk about issues. They want to talk about sound bites and, you know, again, like a cult of personality kind of politics where we dig in our heels on this side, we dig in our heels on this side, and we're not talking about anything real. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I fight that all the time with, it, you, I don't, I don't, I don't think you can ever get out of that sort of part of it. Mm-hmm. You sort of just, I feel like the people who do that and can't get out of that are just bad faith actors. Like mm. if you think I support Bernie because I have a, because he's white and we, there's a cult of personality, right, right. like he's an angry Jewish grandpa. Right. <laughs> I have like nothing in common with Bernie at all, except right. that our view of the world Absolutely. is almost exactly the same. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and I, and I criticized Bernie over the time, but it's like people, if, 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 if you can't get, if you can't get past the first idea you have and listen to the last two minutes of the things that I said, this is the the this is the obstacle mm-hmm. this is the nut yeah like you can you can have your own this is my issue with uh electability mm. like well we want to win so we want to get somebody who's electable yes. well here's an idea stop trying to figure out what your neighbors thinks and think about what you think yeah yeah what sh- what do you think you should do right like if you're going to spend time that seems like the more that seems like the time you should be spending yeah and I think, and that's a very good point, you know, the obsession with being who electable and not thinking about, do they represent the ideals or the alleged ideals of the Democratic Party? Do, do they represent what people want? There's a big disconnect between what people want and even what the, the, the centrist part of the Democratic Party wants. They're not aligned. You know, and with the whole electable thing, haven't we seen that backfire enough times now? Because the establishment said, I mean, honestly, the 2016 presidential election is a perfect example. You know, everyone. Unfortunately, it's the, it's the, I mean, it's going to be the example forever. forever now. I mean, unless it gets real bad, that is right. the example. Right. Yeah. Right. And people to that point, people ignore polling people ignore common sense people ignore history people ignore whatever they have to ignore and stick to this this person is more electable and and 
and it's against all reason. And I just, I don't understand. Yeah, you that. have to spend time thinking about what you should do. Right. Not what you, not because you're scared of what somebody else thinks or might do. Right. Right. Like, I mean, I first, there's no way to do. That's right. no way to operate. It's like I've, I've literally had people, many people, say to me, "I'm voting for so and so because they're going to win." And I'm like, "Well, wait, wait a second. What? What? That's not the point of any of us. That doesn't pass muster." Right. Right. I mean, people don't even do that with sports teams. You know, usually they're at least you know kind of. Um, but, and to speak of that, you know, a, a friend of mine, Eva, I always give her credit for putting this idea in my head, but, um, she, she talks a lot about how we're in a sports team mentality in this nation, you know, and unfortunately we only have the two political parties and they keep us in that sports team mentality. Rah, rah, my team, no matter what they do. And your team is horrible, no matter what they do. Yeah, that's, and I guess, and that fosters that idea of like, <laughs> You know, if I don't if I don't stay within the boundaries that they've set for me, mm. that I'm over, I have nowhere else to go. Right. And you know, we can think strategically, and and different you know, different people have different ways of sort of attaching to the Democratic Party because it does have apparatus that needs to be. I mean, it needs we need to seize the means of production of politics. <laughs> right. Right. Yeah. So I kind of I look. I'm gonna take that back. Right. Like that, that belongs to us. Right. So we'll go take it. Uh, but there, yeah, there needs to be some other voices. Mm-hmm. We shouldn't be looking to keep everything, everything in this box because, because what we're doing is we're taking people who really believe in, who I sincerely know and really believe in higher taxes for wealthy people, mm-hmm. higher taxes on corporations, um, making sure we don't put people in prison just as a, like a, like we don't know what to do. Just put right. them, like they, I know that they do that, but they go to Dover and then they don't. Not do anything. Yeah. And it's extremely disappointing. But I mean, again, and I guess, you know, I, I let myself bask in the glory of all of these wins last November for about, I had about three months, I think I was good. Right. And then once dark stuff got rolling and you see like nothing's really happening, you're like, mm. and again, yeah. I don't even expect, I'm not even talking about legislation. I'm just talking about somebody standing up and being like, yeah, I, I actually, I'm a, a co-sign that. Right, right. 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 Yeah. You people are all like, Qualcomm needs some help. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. And and there's some other you know, for example, um, you know, Representative Paul Bombach, I applaud him because every year he puts his neck on the line for the end of life options act. And man, he takes a the beating that he takes from that man is unbelievable. So, you know, there are there are some down there who are fighting, you know, for for some really good things. My Senator Stephanie Hansen, you know, we talk sometimes and I don't agree with her on everything, but some of the work she has done, um, um, some of the environmental work, but also especially the work against the opioid crisis, man, she's really hit the ground running with that. I have seen so, I, so You know, I... I'm not going to say anything bad about Stephanie Hansen <laughs> because it's not really her fault. What I my view of Stephanie Hansen has nothing to do with Stephanie Hansen. So that's why it's not mm. fair. I, that whole thing, and, and I, obviously that victory she won was like everybody was so down on like Trump. We're going to be yeah, like a fascist. Yeah. We're, we're going to put we're going to have immigrants staying under overpasses behind Constantino, and they're like, oh yeah, we do have that. <laughs> like right. it was as bad as we thought it was going to be. Right. But that win was like a little bit of a pick me up mm-hmm. in the state anyway. Uh, but I mean, we spent so much money to do that. It was like the number oh, of votes compared to the money that you, that was raised because of the, the political atmosphere, uh, and what was needed to be done. 
and the number of people that actually cast a vote for Stephanie Hansen, if you do that math, oh, oh. it's actually, it's a nightmare. It, oh, it is. It is. I, I joked with her, you know, and I worked so hard on, and I'm not, you know, tooting my own horn, but um, she, you know, I live in her um, district and um, I worked so hard for her campaign, door knocking, door knocking, door knocking, door knocking, putting out signs, um, you know, and it was the, actually, it was so funny because um we were out, you know, and it was cold and we, and when, and, you know, it was the winter when we're out there. And I was so, I was sick as a dog in bed the night that she gave her, her big thing. And she thanked me personally. And I wasn't even there. I'm like, I'm sick in bed from knocking doors. Um, but, you know, uh, to your point, you know, I even messaged her at one point. I was like, I can't take this anymore. I go to my mailbox and I've got two or three mailers a day from you. I was like, to be honest, if I, you know, weren't already committed to you, this would be turning me off. And she made a good point, which was a lot of these mailers aren't coming from me. Yeah. Which kind of sucked. But to your point, the amount of money was ridiculous. Yeah. And, and, and again, it was obviously it was a big win just in the political climate and it was a big win politically in the state. Mm -hmm. But uh, when you look at it like from that perspective, I always, it always turns me off, yeah. but uh, obviously I'm glad it, right. that you won. Right. <clears throat> and, and you know, the, the, I think about this sometimes too, the fact that, you know, a big part of the problem a lot of times with, with kind of writing our political system is the fact that the people in office are the ones making the decisions. And that sounds simple minded, but they are the ones with the vested interest in keeping things the way they are. You know, they're the ones getting the big money, all of that. So why would they ever vote for change? This is a f so funny that you said this. I just, I heard uh, Howard Schultz. Mm. Uh, I listened to a, a, a speech. No, he, he said, did he say it in the some town hall? I don't know. I heard about 10 minutes of Howard Schultz because I tried to keep up with what the morons are looking at. <laughs> and he made, he made the same analogy that you just made. And, it, and it's funny when you think about it this way. <clears throat> He said, I would get all of these people in a room and then I would put an empty chair there and I'd say, now we're going to negotiate with the American people here. Mm. And it's like, aren't all of those people supposed to be representative of the American people? Right. So you're basically saying, yes, you, we know that nobody cares anything about what you care about. Right. And, and, and it just seems to me that if you accept that, you can't accept that. Right. There's no way forward to accept that. Yes. I don't see it. No. Because it's only going to get worse. One thing I, I, I think about, too, like with the whole money in politics, I think we saw a really good example of that when Carrie Evelyn Harris challenged um, Tom Carper. It, um, I did the math right away afterwards once the votes came out. And, of course, she really did very well, very, very well considering. Um, but I, I believe he spent about and, and don't quote me on these numbers, but I believe he spent about twenty nine dollars per vote and she spent about a dollar something or two dollars per vote. Yeah, the way I looked, it's, I always remember. And again, he does. He, he uh, somebody has told me subsequently to sort of check it because he does spend money when he knows he's being challenged. But he spent like three million dollars, something like that. And I think she spent two hundred and twenty five thousand. Yeah, something. yeah. So. Yes. People, there, there is a, there's a, there's a, there's a constituency for this, mm -hmm. you know? and yeah. I, and you know, I'm, I'm, Carrie's been in here, uh, I'm, we're still close friends because she's still, again, it's not part of the election cycle. That's part of it, but it, there's activism. There's things you can do with your time. There's, you gotta, if you get engaged, you can still do it. She's still doing it now. Yeah, absolutely. You know, so, uh, absolutely. You know, you just got to parlay that 
that sort of moral victory into energy to keep doing it. Right. I think one thing that gave people so much hope and gave me so much hope because I never expected this was when AOC won. I mean, if you, it's so funny. If you look at the pictures from when she finds out she won and when, and her night, everybody looks completely shocked, including her, you know, because it was such this amazing victory. And there were a lot of those at the same time. And, you know, so many um, women of color coming in and, but AOC, you know, to me, she is just, you know, of course, Bernie as well, because Bernie started polling last time at like 2% and then really almost won. And then you've got AOC. So it gives me hope to see that you do see these stories and they're becoming, it seems to me they're becoming more frequent. And I think that scares the hell out of a lot of people. Oh, people are very scared. That's clear. I mean, Tom because Clark I saw, I saw, I, I, I saw uh, some sort of little blurb in an article I was reading about the media that says, actually... <clears throat> Uh, a, the core Trump's core base, like the Fox viewing suburbanite, mm -hmm. actually knows more about AOC than Democrats do, because they're playing it so much on they're right. playing it up uh, on Fox. Because and the reason they're doing that is because they're shitting their pants, <laughs> which yeah. is a very good sign. Right, it's a very good sign. Right, and I can tell you that there are there are. Uh, I I met her briefly when she was in Wilmington with mm, Carrie. Okay. So I have a photo with her. I fanned out a little bit. Nice, I mean, nice. I'm not going to fucking lie. Who about wouldn't? It. Yeah. I got a photo with Nina Turner too, and I'm wearing a Run oh the God, Jewels jersey. Oh, nice. With Nina Turner, and I called her the head Bernie bro. And she like, oh my she's God. going to punch me in the stomach. <laughs> she did. She was cool. She's like, I am the head Bernie bro. I said, I'll listen to whatever you say. Right, right. She's like, let's take this picture. Uh, so and and also the just a lot of uh, justice Democrats we mm -hmm. sort of had come in to support her campaign that we know right so yeah anything you can do to support any of those people or organizations is is extremely important yeah, yeah. but yeah we do you know you know in this and and you know we've gotten away from Delaware which is cool too but in a way you know we're not because it's all the same you know across the nation but you know we've got to get people involved and we've got to get people you know i i you know i think a lot of people we're so jaded we're so jaded you know and, and i think people don't realize that you are not powerless imagine tomorrow if one million people you know suddenly woke up and said I'm not going to take this anymore and got completely political. You don't need, and, and, and history bears this out. You don't need a big majority or even a big percentage of the population to have a huge effect on the, on the trajectory of history. You just need a small committed group that is willing to stand up. And I think we're seeing a lot of that. And, and a lot of that is, is very heartening. Yeah. Like I like, I just keep going back to this idea that, the neutral position actually isn't a position. Mm -hmm. It's just like you, you've given up. Yeah. Um, you know, if we're in a world where you can't even come out and say, and I keep coming back to this because the, the idea that this state is a tax haven, like a world-renowned tax right. haven, just makes me sick. <laughs> right. right. Mm -hmm. The fact that you can, and John Carney said this to my face, <clears throat> the fact that you can say, well, you know, if we raise these fees... Well, we raise taxes on raise property taxes. These people will go elsewhere. Like what? So your argument is that these people will, these basically crooks will find another tax haven, mm -hmm. and rich oligarchs will move to you know Turks and Caicos. Right, right. Like that's your argument. So that's what you're. That's what what you're doing. We're going to say 
that that's fucked up. And we're going to make another argument to say we can't we can't run a state or a society or anything like that. Right, right. As I said before, if we if we raise those, even if we continue to let them do crime, which is what we do, and we and we jacked up the fees so that we could build fifty new schools that were state of the art schools, and that we could we could do that tomorrow. But it just doesn't it doesn't work within the. Right. Within the system. And, and and the thing is, too, you know, it's not every I think a lot of elected officials and a lot of people are so short sighted. Um, I was so happy recently when, um, you know, the people in, in New York banded together to not allow that Amazon headquarters to go there. Oh, that was this huge because victory. here's the thing. People are people argue, you know, like with corporate welfare. Well, if we don't give them the money, they'll go somewhere else. The thing is, you have to stop somewhere because if you don't it never ends you are letting them hold you hostage this isn't about negotiating when you get to a point where corporations are going state to state city to city town to town going who will give me the most money to move here where does that end where does that end you end up with corporations saying you know theoretically give me half the tax revenue you collect or i'm not coming in and and you have to stop somewhere yeah it was it was a it was a huge victory cuz i i had no idea it was it was going to happen but it's right. a, it's a new it's just new feudalism mm-hmm. and it's scary because just today and i wish it was something i hope we talk about and i was supposed to bring the the, the paper in here but i didn't because we talk about the the they're sort of the nascent buds of of, of springtime as gentrification in Wilmington is starting to pop up. Right, right. Like it's always been, you know, the, the riverfront's always been that, but now it's starting to really encroach and you start to see it because Perzicki's the mayor. Mm. <clears throat> so I sort of follow this stuff. There was a, there was a story in the front page of the New York Times today, Sunday, it's April, 7th April, about the, the, the guy who makes a living picking through trash in the Mission District but on his route is the ga- a gated sort of community where in, in the city where um, Mark Zuckerberg has his Tudor mansion. It's like a hundred million dollar Tudor mansion. Right. And so once a week or so in that neighborhood, as he makes his rent, which is and it's illegal, they don't obviously uh, enforce it. Right. But we have a guy living. He's a vet. He's a he's a, I think he's an army vet or an air force vet, living in in well, just public housing collecting Mark Zuckerberg's trash for $300 a week or something. And I'm like, if you look at that and don't sort of see Mm -hmm. what, what we're doing here in Wilmington or what they're doing in San Francisco or they do it in Mumbai, do it everywhere. Do it everywhere. If you don't see that, it's, it's, I, I, that's why it's a tough nut because it Mm -hmm. seems fairly, you see it like you got a guy picking through Picking through the, the Facebook guys, trash. Yeah. They live in the it, same, they basically live in the same neighborhood. I absolutely, you know, we have a lot of very, very serious issues facing the world and facing America. I mean, I, but for me, some of the top ones, you know, war and peace, of course, and our ridiculous military industrial complex, um, the environment, of course, which is, is, I watched a film, a great film last night, um, kind of about that with, with Ethan Hawke, and now I can't think of the name of it. But um, for me, income inequality is is maybe the biggest issue because I don't think people wrap their head around how bad it is. When you have a handful of people who own more wealth 
than the bottom half of America. When you have, I think it's something like 12 people now who own more wealth than the bottom half of the world. That is about four, 4.5 billion people. And I think like two thirds of them are Waltons. Yeah, 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 exactly. Yeah. I, I don't know. I think a lot of people, I think, and I don't want to say not to people's credit and it's not an excuse, but I think a lot of people, they don't even know how to wrap their mind around it. They feel powerless and they just push it away. And and I think too, and I talk about this a lot with friends, is that, you know, so my parents, they're in their 70s, you know. So for people kind of, you know, even, so I'm, I'm 44, I'll be 45 this year. I feel like people older than me, a bit older than me, the world worked for them in a lot of ways. But people younger than me, they see it's not working for shit for them. People my age are kind of on that cusp where they're like, well, I kind of have a 401k, but then again, another crash and my 401k goes down the toilet. So I think a lot of younger people, you know, are, are, are really seeing that this is not going to work for them. It's just so interesting you say that because we're in the same, I, I turned, I, I, my 45th birthday is this year too. Okay. Right. Yeah. Cool. Yep. So I guess we're the same age. Yeah. And yeah, I, I feel like I saw it. I saw the tail end of it. <laughs> coming up through like corporate America, mm -hmm. you know, and coming up and be like, oh, this is what you do. And you do, you're like, well, I'm kind of, you know, I, I'm not an extremely exceptional person. So you just keep doing this and they just keep paying you. Right. You right, just right, do right. it. And it's, it's sort of like, it's not an opportunity. You just fall into it because, you know, yeah. you're, you know, you, you, my parents paid my, you know, my parents paid for me to go to the University of Delaware. Right. I didn't pay for that. I mean, how many, how many, what percentage of people today can have their parents pay for, yeah. you know, it's, it's a small percentage. Yeah. Yeah. And so I took advantage of it. Obviously I have a huge advantage mm -hmm. and, but I also see the people just behind us. Yeah. They didn't get any of that. I yeah. mean, just the student loan debt is fucking crushing. Mm -hmm. It's, you know, people want, they're like, oh my goodness, why aren't they buying houses? Why aren't they having kids? Why aren't they going out to dinner? And it's like. Because they can't fucking afford it. You know, it's it's not, you know, and some of them, you know, it, it, it is, you know, I see a lot more people who are like, you know, there are more options for families. There's not as much pressure nowadays that you've got to get married, you've got to have a kid, you've got to have kids, and that's the thing you do. But a lot of it is just they can't afford it. And, you know, if you look at the demographics between, you know, for example, like, you know, the, the favorability of the term socialism if you look at things like who supports candidates like Bernie and Carrie Evelyn Harris and AOC, and if you look at so many things like that, there's such a huge difference between 40-ish and over and 40-ish and under. Yeah. You know, like they said in the in the last, um, you know, primary cycle, Bernie Sanders received more votes from, I think it was people under 30 or whatever it was, than Donald Trump and Hillary combined because they see what's happening for their future. They and I hope I'm not talking too much. This is a, a sore topic for me, but I'll say too. You know, I I attended the Carrie um, and Tom Carper debate, and afterwards I was outside um, talking to this couple in their 60s, and they were absolutely furious. They came to hear what Carrie had to say. Some of it they liked, but they were furious that she said some people are forced to turn to drugs to make a living. That was outrageous to them. That is morally not okay. You can always find a way. And as I talked to them more, they could not, they, to them, life for young people is now still the same 
as it was when they were young. They can't get out of that mindset. The, the, the husband um, said to me, he said, I worked during college and I paid off my college as I went. I said, I know a guy at UD who literally works three jobs while going to college. He gets like two hours of sleep a night and he still is nowhere near paying yeah, so off So what college. was the, it's like, okay, so what was the job? How much was the tuition? Right. Like how did that all come together? And when I tried like to, people don't have that, right. those connections. You and know. Even when I tried to explain to him, look at how the price of college tuition and, and other, it's not just tuition. I mean, it's room and board, everything, but has skyrocketed compared to earnings and how wages have been held down. When I said that to them, to him, his eyes glazed over. He had no idea what I was talking about. Yeah. Cause they don't look, they, because again, they're sort of past it. Yeah. They don't see, like, they don't know what a, I, 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 I use this example this week. Maybe we'll close on this or I actually have a question. We'll close on. That'll okay. be fun. <laughs> we'll close on this though. And because I made this, um, this week and I don't remember what argument or how, how I've made it, but so I was bestowed a lot of privilege because mm -hmm. we lived in a middle-class house. We had, well, we had like parochial school tuition. We always had yeah. food and we had, you know, we lived a record. We didn't know. It was great in the eighties, nineties. <laughs> and for the first like 10 years of my life, uh, my, my father was a, a teamster. He was a UPS mm -hmm. package car driver. And, you know, he was promoted up through the ranks and he worked at night as a supervisor and he, then he traveled as a this and, a, you know, and then he, he wound up making a super, super living for himself. But the reason I had a roof over my head and I was able to go to parochial schools and, you know, play Little League or whatever was because of the Teamsters and UPS. Mm -hmm. You see now these guys driving for Amazon Prime. Oh. You see them around the little vans. Now, what do you think? What do you think their their worker protections are? How do you think their How do you think their health care is? Mm -hmm. You know, what do you think? How many How many weeks paid vacation? We always went on. When I was a little kid, we went to the beach all the time. Went down to Jersey Shore. Right. My parents took us to the Jersey Shore probably every. We, we always had at least one vacation every right. year. How much paid vacation do you think an Amazon Prime driver gets? Yeah. We can't. We're going in the wrong direction. Yeah. 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 Even if you look at, you know, like Uber drivers and Lyft drivers, we're, we're moving in a lot of ways towards a, a contractor almost kind of society. And that's wonderful for these corporations raking in record profits because I pay you part time. I don't have to give you paid time off. I don't have to give you benefits. You know, the economy is, is still in so many ways so shitty for the average person that what? You don't want to quit. You get fed up. I can replace you tomorrow. So yeah, absolutely. It's a different world. Yeah. So here's the last, here's the final question. I'm scared. I don't think it's a, it's a, uh, I don't think I'm speaking out of school to say that you have political ambitions. Mm -hmm. Am I speaking out of school to say no, that? No, you're definitely okay. not. Okay. So I, you know, I think this is known. If you'd like to make any official announcement here, <laughs> that would be, I mean, this would really, we would sky, our, our, our literally dozens would move into, we might get a, like a hundred <laughs> if you just do it. There is nothing I can announce today. Unfortunately, um, I will say there is something right now that is very, Carl and I were talking about it, but um, there's something a little bit unexpected right now that's, that's holding me up. 
I'm hoping to get that resolved. It's something I wasn't expecting. Um, I do, of course, have a political page up. We're just under a thousand likes. Maybe this broadcast will help us get over that. It's fucking social media. That's what we do. <laughs> but I do. I don't you even know. know what we do. <laughs> but 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 I, I you know if you had told me four years ago I was even considering running for office, I would have told you you were crazy. You know, and and one you know, and this is this is something that I think is is really funny. You know, when I first told my my parents. Um, my mother specifically that I was thinking of running for political office, the first thing she said to me, and she was genuinely upset. She said, don't do that. You're too honest. And I laughed. And then I thought, that's a ringing endorsement. You yeah, know? I put that on a. Carl can figure out uh, how to put that on a sign to make it look real nice. <laughs> nice font, a color scheme. He's about fonts and color schemes. But that's, that's your man. what people don't get, man, is it's like. First of all, that shows people are so jaded that they think there are no good elected officials out there, which I can kind of understand, but there are and we need to support them. But second of all, that's exactly the point is that we need and I'm not trying to toot my own horn, but, you know, we need people. We need, as, as, and I'll say who it was, it was Representative Kim Williams who said to me, we need people in office who are in the office for the right reasons. So you heard it here first. Uh, I'd say I would say about a forty percent endorsement that Eric will be challenging John Carney for governor of Delaware. No, that's not. No, <laughs> I'm not starting that Just big. No. Fake news. Fake news. Man, I've had people comment and say, "Are you running for senator of the U.S.?" One person literally messaged me and said, "I hope you're running for president." And I thought, "Oh my god! Oh well, my god! No!" It all starts with one. That's true. That's true. <laughs> all right, everybody. Uh, thanks for listening. Consider patronage. Uh, ciao for now. Left is busted.